Hello, everyone. Um, welcome to my podcast. I'm here today with my cousin, Fifi. That's not my name. People don't know me by that. Your name is Fifi. My name is Dan Fee Parker. His name is Dan Fee Parker, but to me, he's Fifi. Okay, fair. Whatever. Uh, um, Can you introduce yourself? We don't know who you are. Oh, I'm here today with my cousin, Fifi, but I am Rebecca, and I am um, a student of the African spirituality class. First of all, you can't just introduce your cousin who's male as Fifi. It's very emasculating. You have to understand why. I mean, my name is Fifi. You're starting early. <laughs> no, my name is Fifi because I was born on a on a Friday. Friday. Any male child born on a Friday is named Fifi in Ghana, not because my parents thought I was a sissy or I looked like a little girl when I was born. So are you saying that Fifi sounds like a girl's name? Yes, it's very effeminate. Yes. And it's not even it's not even a girl's name. It's that people name French poodles, like French people ha- name their dogs Fifi. I did not know this. Yes. Like it's, uh, is this a sore spot for you? You know what? It's not. I don't I don't. I really think care. it is because it's the first thing you brought up. I don't really care. It's just you never know who's listening, who's going to be like, Fifi, you know, and just be really immature about okay. it. Okay. So they need context. You want you know? me to call you Danfi throughout the park? Uh, it doesn't the podcast? matter. You can call me whatever you want. You have the privilege of doing that. Cause yes, because it is my podcast. Yeah, it is. You can call me whatever you want. Thank you, Fifi. Um, I was originally supposed to do this podcast episode with my parents and your parents, but your parents are currently on a plane to Ghana. Yes, they are. And my mom is currently at work and my dad is currently in Ghana. So it's a lot of um, unavailability there. So I'm stuck with you. They would have been a lot more interesting. They would have been a lot more interesting, I think. But uh, I think that this is going to be interesting as well. We'll see. We will see. Okay, so the topic today is obviously African spirituality, um, tradition, uh, specifically discussing traditional African religions. For context and background, we are both Christian. We have been um, growing up in the church all of our lives. Mm-hmm. Raised Christian. Our parents are Christian. That's the context. Right. Um. So we obviously have our own perspectives coming into this, but um, I will ask you, though, um, at the beginning of our class, we learned about these two words. uh, One is called epoche, and one is called, uh, or one phrase is empathetic interpolation, okay? So epoche means to suspend all judgments, Mm -hmm. and empathetic interpolation means you try to understand where somebody's coming from, even if you don't agree. Right. So will you agree to do that? Absolutely. So isn't that just the art of uh, being a conversationalist? Yes. Okay. And I think it's almost, it's idealistic to think that nobody comes from any forms of judgment. I think we can put our judgments on pause, but it's still there. It lies dormant. Well, yeah, of course. So you're just asking someone to just hold it off for a bit until they hear Hold it off for a little okay. bit. Yep. But it's, it's, it's humanly impossible. It's, you will not be able to. Okay. I think that even in this conversation, your, your judgments are going to come through. Oh, oh yeah. Well, I'm but. not, not going <laughs> <laughs> to beat around the bush, but I think it's important to let that out. Listen, I'm, I can entertain other ideas. Absolutely. Amazing. It's a sign of uh, a mature thinker when you can t- entertain a thought that you don't yourself accept. Okay. So I hope I can display that. I think you will. I hope so. Hopefully. You have a podcast, so. You have to do that, don't you? Yeah, I do. Yeah. 
Okay, so to jump right in, this is going to be my like framing question. So this is what we're coming back to when we are discussing throughout um, our conversation today. But um, just so, just for some background, right? Um, I wanted to talk to you today about the next generation of African children that are probably growing up in the United States and the West um, and what their relationship to African spirituality should be. So um, when we fear or don't understand something, Mm -hmm. I think that um, we are very prone to calling it evil. Right. Um, So we've had this conversation before just with like last year we had a, we did a podcast together and we were talking about um, the relationships between black people and white people in in the United States. Um, And I was just thinking like historically, right. Black people have been, um, or the the, the idea of blackness has been synonymous with evil Mm -hmm. for a very long time. Um, And we can see what that label of evil does. Um, in society and in culture, right? I think labeling something evil has the power to um, allow people to feel like it's okay to dehumanize someone mm-hmm. when they've been labeled evil, um, dehumanize their cultural practices, dehumanize you know them as an individual, um, not respect them as people, um, and remove uh, remove dignity from people when you when you've labeled them as evil. Um, and this is something that you would agree with, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, um, I think prime example is like, didn't like slave masters consider their slaves property? Exactly. So putting a label on a human being as property right. makes you careless with that. Exactly. So, right. Um, so I'm glad that we can agree about that. Right. So I think that that was an analogy that I used to kind of set us up to discuss this idea of African spirituality and how it's been labeled evil in our culture, specifically Gunyan culture for a very long time. Um, I think that just speaking personally, um, growing up, I heard a lot about like uh, fetish priests Mm -hmm. that engage in like um, spiritual practices and we would, our parents would tell us that it's evil or it's um, dark magic um, I'm also thinking of all of the movies that we watched growing up and how like, like the African movies, the African okay, movies. Yeah. The Nollywood movies yeah, and yeah. then the Gunyan movies where, um, you know, if, if there's like a antagonist mm-hmm. in the story and they want to do wrong by someone, they'll go to somebody who practices traditional religions and it's, you know, shrouded in this like evil energy, mm-hmm. dark magic. You're, well, you don't want to. You want to do harm by someone. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's like the context a lot when we are for, for my generation of, and probably your generation too, that's growing up in the United States um, where you think that African spirituality is evil. So my question for you today is, should we pass down the fear of African spiritual traditions to the next, to the next generation of African children by calling it evil or should we reconnect with our roots in traditional faith or at least give our children the choice and freedom to do so if they will? Um, I think you want me to be reasonable on the podcast, right? I, oh. Absolutely, please. <laughs> so I, I feel like the latter part of that question would be more appropriate, giving okay. your, your children um, the freedom to think freely and to interact mm-hmm. with certain things and come to their own conclusions. However, I think it's important to understand where our parents come from and perhaps 
um, or even better yet, there's a lot of these creeds that we tell ourselves that uh, maybe we observe in our parents. When I grow up, I won't be like this mm-hmm. because I, I just I'm appalled by it in my parent. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to a certain age, you start getting you start doing those things yeah. that your parents did. Yeah. You're like, hmm, mm. I spoke too fast or, yeah. you know, I wasn't self-reflective in that statement. Mm-hmm. So I think to be fair to our parents, I think they come from two places. Um, for us, we have the benefit of uh, growing up in a culture in which we can talk about the whys of why we believe something mm-hmm. um, or um, all the angles for why we do what we do. You know, uh, We could be more thoughtful about um, what we accept and what, what we don't accept. Whereas our parents come from perhaps uh an, an an ideology where it's more so you you you're faithful to what you know mm-hmm. and you don't entertain anything else mm-hmm. you stick by that yeah so for them i think um the fear is twofold there's a positive aspect to the fear and there's a negative one right mm-hmm. so the positive aspect is that okay having become christians themselves they're like i want my Christ- my kids to be part of this faith so I want to steer them away from things I believe could be harmful right. to getting them to that place where I'm at now, right? right? This faith that I have accepted. Um, the other part of it, the other part of the fear is maybe a legitimate fear. They think, okay, I've seen this right. or I know people that have been involved with this right. and it's not, a, it's not a clean spirit. Right. It seems that it's the kind of spirit that brings about bondage mm-hmm. or you've heard of people being killed or selling their soul and mm-hmm. all those things. So it's like, as long as I can put fear in my kids about this, mm-hmm. the fear should keep them away, mm-hmm. right? And and I, I like maybe it's intentional in putting that fear there because they're being protective, right? But they fail to also recognize that sometimes fear leads people to go seek it out. It's, right. It stirs that's out true. curiosity, right? Right. Um, so I think that's the two aspects of where they're coming from. I think the most positive thing to do, or the most, and you you, you have to suspend. Um, control, like the form of like mind control, because every human being is a free thinker. Right. Right. Or at least they should be. I mean, you have traditions where people don't want that. Um, but a good tradition would be that, okay, my, my child is, when they reach a certain age, they're able to think for themselves. And hopefully I've given them enough, you know, good role model um, pictures of, of what it looks like to be within this faith or whatever it is that we believe that maybe they could consider this faith and follow right. it. Right. But I'm going to leave it up to them to um, and believe that I've raised them uh, in, in a well in a good way that they know how to make judgments for themselves. Right. Now, they might make judgments that you don't agree with, but at the same time, you can respect the fact that, okay, they have reasons for why they're choosing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's probably the best way to go about it mm-hmm. because as you get older, you start to find out that you can't tell grown folks to do anything. Yeah. You just can't. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, they just going to do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that freedom of thought um, and uh, staying true, authentic to your beliefs uh, is the best way to, I don't know, go about that. I don't know if that made any sense. That's, yeah, that, that, that does make sense. And I guess my follow-up question would be, so let's put yourself in a scenario. You're in, te- let's say, 20 years and you, your daughter mm-hmm. or son um, starts exploring African spiritual traditions or um, religions, mm-hmm. and um, they find like I, I was I was watching something recently where someone was discussing well, um, the Christian faith doesn't work for me, right? And I have gone to these religions and I have found prosperity in the things that um, I in the in the in the practices that I have engaged with these um, 
religions or I've gone to a diviner or a priest and they've explained things to me that I never knew. Right. Um, and, you know, have, 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 have illuminated certain things about my life that makes it easier for me to, you know, live my, my best life. That's what people say. Mm-hmm. What is your reaction to that? So this is future Danfi talking to his future daughter. Future Danfi talking to your daughter. Who's interested son. in some traditional right, right, religion, right, and has and has that this kind of uh, testimony. Yeah, testimonial. Okay. Um, the thing that sticks out to me the most is like so every every being has a reason for why they do what they do. Right. Right. And sometimes we have intellectual reason. Uh, sometimes we have emotional reason. And sometimes we have uh, experiential reason. Mm-hmm. So maybe we do something because through experience, because it's worked. So we keep doing it and doing it. We do something into um, for with our intellectual reasons because we've thought through with it and we're like, this may be the best thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we do things rooted in our emotions because perhaps it's give it's, we're gaining something from it, right? Whether it's positive or negative, right? Um, I think I would lay that before my child to think, okay, where are you coming from with this decision? What is it informing? I think all those things should be at play to make a good decision. Yeah. Right? Um, the reason when I say that is because I think, and this is this is rightly so, I think um, the rise of Black Lives Matter and, uh, you know, the, de- the desire of modern black people to understand where they come mm, from. Yeah. Um, what was original to them and not what was given to them yeah. um, has spurred on these tradition, this desire to go into traditional beliefs systems and whatnot. Yeah. I personally have seen um, Christian, black Christians almost come away from the faith a little bit because they, they see Christianity, American Christianity, I want to be specific, uh, entrenched in racism yes, and slavery yeah. and, 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 and using the Bible to justify slavery and the acts yeah. of like slave owners and whatnot. Yeah. So then it makes a black Christian look at that critically and think, how can this faith be, be for me? For me. Yeah. Or or even originate with me or right. with my peoples. Right. Um, and so then the traditional faiths become more attractive. Mm-hmm. Right. I think people need to be honest about that. Okay, so this this traditional faith is becoming attractive to me because it's taking me away from this white Christianity, this whitewashed um Christianity that's been commended to me and told to, for me to believe, mm-hmm. right? And I followed it wholeheartedly, but it's so white-centered and it's so whitewashed and white cult. Like, yeah. The, the, the culture within it is, is it just caters to white society. Right. And so I want something that I can identify with it that gives me some form of identity. Right. I think it's important for people to be honest. Is that where you're at? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that doesn't mean it's a bad place, mm-hmm. right? So if that's where you're at, um, admit that. Mm-hmm. right um and once you admit that then you go into the tenets of what it is you're believing right so now once you move past the emotional part now you look at okay what's the reason for which i want to believe this religion over this one mm-hmm. now let me look at christianity outside of its abuses mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. and then let me see if it's a legitimate worldview mm-hmm. so augustine who's probably one of the biggest minds that shaped Western society, mm-hmm. says that he says, never judge a philosophy by its abuses. Mm-hmm. I think most people do. Yeah. Most people often, well, especially in our day separate. and age. Yeah. Most, especially in our day and age. And I, I'm not saying people who do that are like wrong entirely. Yeah. People have good reason because yeah. things just rub you the wrong way. Yeah. Uh, but the social media um, type of environment we're in kind of exasperates that. So yeah. people just kind of often, 
that's like their natural default yeah. without actually looking at what you're against. Right. You know, which is almost going, returning back to what I said about our parents, like they react to something that they don't really understand. Yeah. Like it's just because they're committed to one this way. Of yeah. Like, I want to be this way. So anyways, that's a, that's a tangent. So I think it's important to encounter the, the worldview by its true tenets and what it's trying to say mm-hmm. and weigh it against the one that you're pursuing. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you genuinely feel that the one that you are currently on the pursuit of without biases, being honest with yourself has better, has a better worldview than the one mm-hmm. that you've seen, mm-hmm. then by all means, you're free to choose that. Mm-hmm. Like you're free to go that way. Right. And I would legitimately tell my child that if you really think this is a, a, a worldview that's coherent, um, it's empirically um can be observed mm-hmm. um and it, and it brings it adds value to mm-hmm. your life by all means pursue it mm-hmm. but i think one of the most important things is that if a faith or whatever it is you're doing produces love mm-hmm. for your neighbor mm-hmm. and for yourself mm-hmm. that i think is the greatest pursuit in whatever it is you want to go to that's I love that that's what you ended on because I had a question. I wanted to present a worldview, an actual example um, Mm. from an actual um, African religion. So in um, Yoruba cosmology, you know what cosmology is? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. In Yoruba cosmology, um, there is uh, the idea of a sky god named Olodumare. And it's interesting that that's his name because that's the name that my mom prays to God in. Mm. Um, But when she's invoking that name, she's actually thinking of the Christian God, but that's the name of um, the God in Yoruba religion. Mm -hmm. Um, But he, he's a sky God and he, you know, he's creator of the universe. He is, um, he is removed from the earth. Although people will also say that he is in the here and now. So he's, he's right. He's right here with us, but he is um, believed to be the sky God, the Supreme God, the Supreme God. Yes. Supreme being. And um, in Yoruba cosmology, it's often noted that there's actually no equivalent. So, so Olodumare would be the equivalent of our Christian God Almighty. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's actually not an equivalent of Satan or the devil or hell in mm-hmm. Yoruba cosmology. Um, and I'm wondering what, uh, and, and, and people will say that, um, people who practice religion will say that because there is no um, existence of Satan, devil, or hell, right? You you can't say that oh, I was being um, possessed by someone to do this or the devil was using me to do something, right? People will say that the, 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 the bad actions that you take in your life are your own. Right. Um, and um, no one else is to blame but yourself for the way that you act in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is also tied to the 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 absence of hell and the absence of the devil in Yoruba in this Yoruba religion is also tied to this belief about reincarnation where we live multiple lives mm. um so once you are done in this life you 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 reincarnate in the same family but as another child in in the same family so i'm in the same family that you were in on earth yes oh, okay. so a lot of times with the with the names that people um will give to their to their sons or daughters it's probably the, they're named after a grandmother who has just died mm. like my mom her right. name was iabo she was named after my grandma mm. who had died right or no she was named after her grandmother who had just recently died so her name means mother comes back Mm. So it's it's this idea of like um and and it's interesting that that is the case because even with the names you're you're invoking or 
or you are um, referring to these Yoruba traditions, but she's obviously growing up Christian. Right. So it's like um, that, that. That's another part about how ingrained um, tradition and, and tradition, religion, and culture are are like one. Right. Um, but to go back to what I'm saying, like, what do you what do you think the impact of this worldview of there is no devil, right? There's no demons. There's no hell. Um, and the actions that you take in this world are your own. So you have to be responsible for them. What do you think that worldview does in comparison to a worldview of like that Christians have where there's a hell, there's, you know, spiritual agents at, 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 at force that we can't see, but mm -hmm. have like malevolent intentions. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What do you think the difference in those worldviews ultimately does for how we, you know, exist in relationship to others, in relationships to ourselves, um, and in relationship to how we think about the afterlife. Um, so in the Yoruba um, tradition, right, mm -hmm. this non-belief of uh, devils and and, uh, and angels, whatever it is, and and that is, and that's not to say that we they don't believe that e evil forces don't exist. They don't okay. believe they. That's not their belief, but there is no like equivalent to like a like a devil. There's no devil. Like there's a, no, one agent. There's no one you know agent of evil and there's no place that he resides. there's no hell right right um well it seems that from that tradition it puts a lot of responsibility on the human being yeah so your actions you can't divulge your actions to oh this person this spirit or this bad thing made me do it right you're responsible for whatever you, you yeah do. um so that's that in one sense it, it puts a lot of um like i said it puts a lot of responsibility on the person to behave in ways that would be good within their um, circles of influence right, right. Um, and if you misbehave if you don't live up to uh, i mean a behavior that is good, conducive or good for your community uh you have nobody to blame right right it's on you mm -hmm. the shame is on you mm -hmm. um so in in that thinking i can almost i can almost applaud that to right. a certain degree right? right i can almost applaud that um but that idea is also western in a in a certain way not a lot of like this part of the world like the when i say western the, the world of over-education, mm. where we um, we don't really lend to the spiritual realm. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we're more atheistic or agnostic. We need more mm -hmm. reason to believe mm -hmm. that there's some metaphysical being or incorporeal beings that mm -hmm. we don't see that have an influence on us, mm -hmm. except we take a different way. We don't, we don't say that, um, well, maybe some people would say, you're responsible for your decisions and whatnot, mm -hmm. but it's not, there's no shame. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. And more so we, we put it into the framework of entertainment. Yeah. So devils and witches become a form of um, caricatures mm -hmm. that are entertainment that mm -hmm. we consume and find funny. Mm -hmm. So you have the witch who rides on the broom, mm -hmm. right? Um, and sometimes she's attractive, sometimes she's not, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and then you have the devil who most of the time we give him horns and he's red or whatnot. Yeah. Or we have, you have a Netflix series where the devil is really attractive. Yeah. And, and people fall victim to him, right? Yeah. I think all of those things can be extreme um, denials of what what could be presently there. Yeah. Um, the interesting about Christianity is that Christianity actually gives you, it says you're actually up uh, up against quite a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so Christianity would say that um, the devil is real, mm -hmm. demons are real, mm -hmm. um, but your fight against the devil is uh, so you as a as a created being in the world, you're up against three things. So the world, the devil, and the flesh. Mm -hmm. So by world they mean the system of the world. Mm -hmm. So what is constantly being, you know, told to you through media, 
this is how you should look. Mm-hmm. Like, this is how your life should look. Like, mm-hmm. keeping up with the Joneses, like, the image of the world, the, 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 the pursuits of the world, pursue this. Yeah. So you're up against the, the wisdom of the world. Yeah. Where they want you to live a certain way, desire certain things, um, and that's pressure in itself. Yeah. Right? And those things can be good or bad. Yeah. Most of the time, they're bad because they enslave you. Yeah. They make you pursue things that really are not important. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then the second aspect is your flesh. Mm-hmm. So the Bible talks about the flesh in a lot of different ways. So the flesh is like cravings, mm-hmm. the things that I, I want. Mm-hmm. Right? I personally like I crave ice cream mm-hmm. or I, I crave someone's girlfriend mm-hmm. or boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. you know, or like and those are things that are coming from me. It's my flesh. Like I have like a bodily reaction yeah. to it. Right. I can I can exhibit self-control by not pursuing that or I can just give into it. Right. That's my flesh. I have to fight it. Yeah. Right. So the Bible talks about the flesh in that way, and it talks about the flesh in like a mentality. Yeah. It's a kind. It's a sort of mentality that you entertain that's bad. Yeah. Um. And sometimes the Bible puts it against the f- spirit. So um. There's that dichotomy within the Bible where um, it says that we're spiritual beings and we're also physical beings. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, most people live by the flesh. Right. Like we live by the physical because we kind of defer. We take. We 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 don't really acknowledge the spiritual aspects of us. Right. Yeah. And being connected to that. Um, so your flesh can get you into a lot of trouble. Right. And you have no one to blame. It, it almost goes along with the yeah. Yerba idea, right? Yeah. But then the the um, the Christianity will also go a step further to say that you're actually also up against it in the sense that there's spiritual beings that are against you. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's, a, there's an actual devil and he has demons. Mm-hmm. So the demons are like his minions mm-hmm. that go around harassing human beings. Mm-hmm. Um and those beings are there. They hate us not because um, of us. They hate us because we're image bearers of God mm-hmm. and they hate God. Mm-hmm. So they are there to stop any progress of us reflecting God's glory mm-hmm. or enjoying life. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, you're fighting your flesh, you're fighting the world, the system of the world, and you're fighting the devil. Mm-hmm. So he's a real being, but he's not seen. Yeah. Right? He's not a seen being and he's a real force in the world. And he's the reason why we live in a broken world. Right. Because right? the world is her, uh, is his. Yeah, we've submitted yeah. our authority to him in yeah. the garden. The, in Genesis, it talks about that, that the devil came and deceived us. Mm-hmm. And we fell into that deception. He didn't make us do it. He just kind of put it there and we went along with it. Mm-hmm. Our flesh gravitated towards that lie. And then, we, and then it was through our lie that everything fell. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or through our disobedience and turning away from God that everything went to crap. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the Christian worldview acknowledges all of that. Mm-hmm. It acknowledges the devil, the demons, and acknowledges your flesh, mm-hmm. your actual desires, your wrongful desires that you mm-hmm. have. And it acknowledges the fact that you're up against a system, a system of the world that's not really, out, it's it's not there for your well-being, your right. holistic being, like, and stuff like that. So you're, you're saying that um, a Christian worldview accounts for many things that are, that are, that are driving your actions. Absolutely. And Absolutely. it does, and it doesn't, and it doesn't put all the blame on you for, for, no. for what, for what you made commit the actions you may commit that are wrong towards other people yes yes and no so the christian the christian worldview does believe in human agency Mm -hmm. that we have we have a real decision Mm -hmm. that we have to make every day right right um but it also acknowledges the fact that these decisions are harassed it's Mm -hmm. not easy to make good decisions because we live in such a broken world and we're up against forces Mm -hmm. but you are capable of it Mm -hmm. so it, it acknowledges the fight but it also acknowledges the fact the fact that when you submit to God through God, you're capable of overcoming it. Right. But left to yourself, you have no chance. Right. Essentially. Right. So yes, 
like I don't know if that answers. Yeah, that 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 that, that does that that makes it clear. I think um, I'm also thinking of um, I think it's also Yoruba religion where um, no, this is actually Igbo, so it's another side of Nigerian culture. But there is um, this idea of chi, which is your spirit. So it's like you you have a physical body that exists in this world, but you also have like a spirit double. Mm-hmm. who exists in the spirit realm. Um, and your chi makes decisions for you spiritually. Um, and actually, people people who, um, you know, practice Eva, this Eva religion will say that um, their chi has to make decisions for them before the human actually makes a decision. Mm-hmm. And, and one, of the th- one of the sayings is... Um, if my chi says no, I say no, or, or I can't say yes until my chi says yes. Mm. Um, so I think I'm just bringing this up to say that there's also like an acknowledgement of like spiritual, um, forces at play. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't want to be reductivist, reductivist and say that, um, all, African spiritual traditions will, will will just say, well, all the blame is on you, right? There's all, there is an acknowledgement of spiritual, um, mm-hmm. you know, forces and and spirits that are in the background of decision making, um, or are 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 um, the, the decisions that they have made influence how you how you engage in the world too. So, just wanted to make that clear. Um, I wanted to ask about um, ancestor worship oh ancestral worship ancestral veneration um because i think this is like one of the biggest aspects of african spirituality Mm -hmm. and and even with like um it's very popular on on social media i see people yeah making odes to their ancestors yeah Yeah. and even and even with like you know african americans that's like a big um massive a big thing where you you know acknowledge and um Acknowledge and respect your ancestors and talk to them directly. People right. feel as though that they're talking directly to their ancestors. Mm-hmm. So um, I have a story about this. Um, I I have a, a best friend. One day I was talking to her mom and her mom was telling me a story about how she had um, a cousin who had died recently. And um, just just for some clarity, there are... There are um, in, in African spiritual traditions, there are there is an idea that somebody who is young can become an ancestor, even if they have died young. Okay. So um, she was telling me the story about a cousin that she was seeing in her dreams, and the cousin had died. Um, and, and in the dreams, the cousin was calling to her to come, come, come somewhere. And, and in the dreams, she never went. But, you know, that was something that the she was it was a recurring dream and the cousin who had just died was calling her to um to her and one day she told her grandmother about this dream and the grandmother told her if he calls you don't go if mm. he calls you in the dream don't go because that's not your cousin that is a familiar spirit mm. so i think there's this concept of familiar spirits right. um that I've heard a lot about growing up. And even when I was um, doing research for this podcast, I, it came up again where somebody brought up the uh, idea that if you are talking to your ancestor, that's not an ancestor. That is a demon or a spirit disguising as an ancestor mm-hmm. to um, wreak havoc in your life. Right. Um, so I 
have I, I want to know your thoughts on this because I think I have I've never been um the type to think that ancestors have any ill will towards mm-hmm. um towards the 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 people that they've left behind on earth and also my mom recently told me the story where um it was the anniversary or very I think it was the day of her uncle's passing and she saw him in a dream and she was she was telling me that story and like out of joy like oh I was so happy to see him in my dream because you know it was it was so long and I just felt comfort comforted by that Mm -hmm. um so do you think that like ancestors are real ancestral spirits are real or do you also believe in this idea of of familiar spirits and also whenever people are talking about ancestors it's never in a way where it's like they're telling me to do bad things Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or they're you know telling me to like kill myself or they're you know just doing anything malevolent it's also it's always an endearing um idea so i think just just because ancestral worship is so big in african faith mm-hmm. um i'd love to hear your thoughts about that because because whenever people bring it up in in uh, um whenever christians think about it it's always well that's evil right right that's a very good question very loaded question and um i think uh so for example, my wife's dad died mm-hmm. last year. It's been a year now. Um, she still has dreams about him. Mm-hmm. And there's some dreams where it feels like he's there. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, like he, he never died. Mm-hmm. Um, her grandma also passed a few years before we got married. And she often has dreams about her grandma. Mm-hmm. These are two pivotal people in her life mm-hmm. that had made a, like a very definitive like mark on her life. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's, she feels like, okay, the dreams are like positive. And sometimes it's like the character of her dad in there is weird. It's mm-hmm. different. It's not like it's him, but, but he's it's, like, he's, yeah. it's like he's acting a little bit different, right? Yeah. Um, so the thing that human beings need to know that we're vulnerable. Mm-hmm. We're very vulnerable creatures. And especially when we're attached to somebody that's gone, that's passed, right? Um, and because I, I come from a worldview that I believe in spiritual beings, who are nefarious and um, and don't want our, our good mm-hmm. um, and hate us because we're image bearers of God, um, I believe that they don't come. This is this is I think this is the biggest absurdity in modern societies that the devil has been made out to look like somebody with horns and red, like yeah. he's a, but he's actually described as a beautiful being. Yeah, deception doesn't come easily if the person that's trying to deceive you is ugly and a liar, mm-hmm. not good at what they're saying. Yeah, deception comes through beautiful people mm-hmm. because we get endeared by them. Mm-hmm. Like we get caught up in their image and we get caught up in their words, mm-hmm. and that's exactly how Satan is. Is like he does. He's not some stupid or ugly person that you can write, uh, easily write off and say like you're an idiot. Yeah. No, he comes he's very slick. He's a, he has a silver tongue and um he comes through endearments. So wouldn't it make sense that if a, if a negative bad spirit wants to get a hold of you, they would use an image that's familiar to you. Mm-hmm. That's almost like a, an image of comfort, mm-hmm. right? Um which would endear you to that thing. But even as you you're endeared to that thing, they could be you could feel weird. And that little weird feeling is an honest moment where you need to check, like, okay, something isn't right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, sh- I shouldn't trust in this image. Yeah. And that is calling me out. Yeah. One of the things that I would say was that with African-Americans um, and other people that are very, like, interested in ancestral worship and stuff like that, 
I think in one sense, I can understand where they're coming from, mm -hmm. especially having gone to Ghana and going to Cape Coast. Mm -hmm. Standing in those dungeons, there is an, there is an eerie feeling, mm -hmm. very eerie feeling. And some of the eerie feelings just through, you just feel the oppression. Mm -hmm. You feel what your ancestors went through. Mm -hmm. And to pay respect to them, to weep for them, that I think that's an appropriate thing, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I think like in those, those moments of acknowledgement, these people suffered. I'm actually, I'm standing on the shoulders of people, shoulders of people who've suffered and gone before me, and now I'm here. Yeah. I can pay respect to that. Mm -hmm. But to worship it, I think that's when you go wrong. Or how about another um, idea of maybe talking to your ancestors? And that's where I was going to say is that um, they're dead. <laughs> dead people don't talk. Mm. Um, I, I honestly believe in the finality of death. Mm. I think when you die, you, uh, you're gone. And what you said was very... Um, appropriate familiar spirits the thing that people don't understand is that satan and demons have been around since the beginning of time mm -hmm. so when we read the book of genesis the same spirits that we encounter now were there right satan was at the garden mm -hmm. demons were there mm -hmm. demons were with abraham that we speak about demons were during the time when jesus came Demons have, were in the Enlightenment period. Mm -hmm. Demons are, were in the, the Great Depression. Yeah. My point is they've been around because they're incorporeal. They're not physical beings. They're mm -hmm. in the, they, dwell, they affect our physical world, but they're, they're, not, they're not confined to time and space. Yeah. Right? So with that said, why do I say that? Every family line has demons that has steadied that family. Mm-hmm that knows secrets about that family, that knows things that you would be prone to, Rebecca, I would be prone to, because they've steadied your line. Mm -hmm. you, they've been around, they're invisible, they mm -hmm. see things, they know things. This is why I think psychics are, are farcical, is that psychics can't tell you the future. They can only tell you things about the past. And why is that? Because demons know, they, they can project. So it's kind of like extrapolate, like you, you, can, you can project what's gonna happen if you have a really good knowledge on something. You can protect, okay, if I've studied you your whole life, I can project what you might do, mm -hmm. right? I can think, okay, given the situation, because I've seen Rebecca from the day she was born, if she's placed in this situation, she might do this. Mm -hmm. And it might be an appropriate guess because you just have a lot, a wealth of knowledge, right? So when people, like, when they um, go to, like, necromancers or uh, psychics and all those things, those people are operating through demonic activity, demonic knowledge. That's why when somebody goes to a psychic and the psychic gives them the name of a family member or gives them the, um, the, uh, what that family member would say or stuff like that, people get shocked and they're immediately convinced of that spirit. Oh my gosh, how did you know that? Because the demon told that person. They've opened themselves up to that. Right. You know, demonic activity can, can give information to win people, to woo people's trust, mm -hmm. right? And I think that's what people get caught up in Yeah. is that... It's hard to like not take something serious when somebody just told you something that only you would know. Right? Right. But they don't understand, okay, where did that knowledge come from? Right. You know? Was that like like and and I and I think that's what people need to understand. That's what like when our parents and people talk about that, they're talking about, okay, these are the familiar spirits we're talking about. These are the things that you need to be careful of, right? Mm -hmm. These are the things that you can easily go into, right? And this is what people are saying. Somebody can legitimately say, I spoke to my ancestors and they spoke back to me. And I would believe that. It's not your ancestor. Whatever spirit is speaking to you is masquerading as your ancestor mm -hmm. to give you some form of like desire to keep, keep talking to them, right? 
And de- demonic activities, they're not, sometimes their aim is to kill you right away. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like putting a frog in an, in an oven and turning it up like really low. They want to explode you over time, mm-hmm. right? So their, their motives aren't known right away. Mm-hmm. But you know that the ultimate aim is they don't want your well-being. I don't know if that answers the question. Yeah. It's uh Yeah, I think I I I I one of the things that you said that I that I noted is this idea you believe in the fi- fina- fin- finality of death. I do. Um and I think that due, due to that belief in that worldview, you're not going to um obviously you're not going to see something as an like an ancestor as possible due to the the idea of fin- finality of death. Absolutely. Um because with African religions Death is obviously not the final um, place. I, I told you about this, this, this idea of reincarnation and coming mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. Um, so death is not the final place for um, people who, who practice that religion. And so the idea of ancestors is really important because it's like I've lived through this. Mm-hmm. And so I'm advising the next generation about something, right? The same way that you're saying, okay, um, there, are, there are demons that follow a, a family line there's this idea of like, I mean, they also follow like world events. They know right. what, what humans are prone to. And yeah. They, they affect political agendas. They affect everything. Right. I, I think. Yeah. Not to be like, not saying that I don't want to be overly. Like, yeah. yeah no, like, absolutely. I do recognize that aspect. Yeah. I think, um, an idea of a family line is like very important for, 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 for African faiths and like the, um, the idea of an ancestor talking to you is because that ancestor has also lived through this family right. line, right? And mm-hmm. has gone through the trials of different eras. So so to advise the next generation about mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. that they might be going through. Um, so I think that that's, that's obviously something that's going to you know, be a disconnect, right? Because if you don't believe in um, reincarnation or if you believe in the finality of death, you're not going to believe about uh, anything about ancestors. Right. Um, and that's legitimate. I think so reincarnation would would legitimize that belief that ancestors can talk to you. Right. But when I say I believe in the finality of death, I, I, I mean, as a Christian, I do believe that death is not the final thing. Right. I just, yeah, I just yeah, believe yes, that yes. when you die, you die. Yes, yes. Like you have nothing more Absolutely. to say. Your yeah. words on paper remain. Right. That's, that's how, that's as far as you, you would be heard. Um, that's interesting that you say that because, um, doesn't that add, I think that adds that going back to this idea of, of going back to this idea of how you like live, um, lost you. Okay. Yeah. Going back to this idea of how you um, live or navigate in your life, believing that death is the final answer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you obviously will think that this is your only chance at living, or you only get one chance at living a good life, right? Yes and no. You get it. So you get it. You get one chance in this cosmos mm-hmm. in this physical world mm-hmm. to live a life that is worthy of the creator mm-hmm. right that is ref- that that brings glory to him and that benefits your neighbor so you live mm-hmm. you get one chance within this cosmos within mm-hmm. this sphere of life mm-hmm. however christians believe that there's an eternity mm-hmm. that's when i don't want to say like the real life begins because um the christian worldview doesn't separate physical and spiritual Mm-hmm. because God is in all everything. Like everything exists because of him, right? Mm-hmm. There is this, there isn't this like a platonic idea of like separation of the physical and the spiritual. Mm-hmm. It clashes together. It's just that one is pushing one out. Right now we're, we're experiencing the physical, but the spiritual is pushing the physical out. 
but we're not going to lose anything so great that we're like, whoa, what was that before? Yeah. Well, remember, but we believe in eternal life. Yeah. So that person, so you're investing in the spiritual person that is still, that's being matured. And when the full revelation of God's kingdom comes, that spiritual person will be perfect and mm-hmm. seen before everybody to witness, right? Yeah. But you can you can work on that spiritual person here in the now. Yeah. So there's a verse in the Bible that says that though uh, though we groan we groan in this bodily tent, but um, but we're being renewed day by. Uh, um, um, it says for this light and momentary afflictions are producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond comparison. Um, for what can be seen is transient. But what cannot be, but what can't be seen is eternal. Mm-hmm. So we're we're developing the the inner man, the inner spiritual man that's going to outlast this physical man, right? Yeah. Um, so that's what Christians believe. So when I say that there's a finality to death, we mean like, yeah, yeah, you die and that's it. But we don't mean that that's it. Yeah, we believe that there is a a, a greater life that's to come. Yeah, that we will enjoy where there's no pain, there's no suffering, yeah. there's no death, and there's no tears. Yeah. So that's the continuation. It's not reincarnation. It's just better. <laughs> yeah. No. So this is I. This is actually something that I've I've always thought about. Right. Um. This idea of we're living on this world, um. But this is not our home. Right. Um. In the context of the climate crisis, I think that's a very interesting um, idea to mm-hmm. have, a, an interesting worldview to have. Right. Um. And even in even in the context of like. Everything. When I when I start to think about this, I think about everything, right? Because like, um, just for example, before I get to my main point, um, I used to last year. I was like, during Black Lives Matter, I was like, honestly, I don't think racism is ever going to end until Jesus comes, right? So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fight it. I'm not gonna fight it. Right. I I had a very like pessimistic, like almost paralyzing, uh, reaction to everything that was going on based off of my Christian faith. Cause I was like, well, this is not our home anyway. So why would right. I care about what's going on on earth? Right? right. So just for, just for like two minutes, I'm going to ask you to pretend like there is no afterlife, right? Pretend like, pretend like heaven doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Pretend like there's no, there's, 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 there's not a, a greater world that we're, we're aspiring to, to get to. Right. If this is it, right, and we're thinking about the next generation of people, what does a worldview that says this is not our final home mean in the context of a climate crisis where, you know, we, we're supposed to be fixing the earth, right? We're supposed to be thinking about um, how we're going to save the earth, right? I, I wonder, because um, I've, I've, I've kind of been thinking about it in comparison, in Christianity in comparison to African traditional religions that are very, very cognizant of the earth, right? There's even that, there's, there's an impulse to even talk to nature, talk to um, some of the gods of ad- African religions are actual things in nature. So there'll be, there'll be mountains or there'll be rivers. I, I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting one right now, but I know there was, um, um, a festival in Nigeria where they go to a river to actually worship that river because it's a God. Mm. Um, and also there's also um, some like sacred groves that people are not allowed to enter because they're protecting, you know, the nature so mm. that, you know, like um, vitality and, you know, making sure that the, 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 the land is good um, and survives. Right. So what does 
Christianity have to offer to a climate crisis, right? Because if if our if our position is, well, this is this earth is yeah, this is like I in my mind I would be like, well, yeah, I think the the climate crisis is the spurring on of Jesus coming back, right? Mm-hmm. That's 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 what my mind would go to, right? If we are suspending the judgment that heaven exists, what does what what like are we doomed? It saddens me that you even frame the question that way because I think it just goes to show the misunderstanding most people have about the Christian faith. Um, because I think, um, well, if you read the scriptures, if there's anybody that should be spearheading climate change conversations and how we care about our environment, it should be Christians. And the reason why I say that, even you talking about some of the some of the things that's done, like the worship of rivers and stuff like that, mm-hmm. to care for it and stuff like that, um, is that people need to understand that when God created the earth, right? He created it out of the overflow of his abundance. Mm -hmm. So he's so large, he's so good, he's so creative that he came up with the universe and the world and everything that is within it. And then at the crown of creation was man. And Mm -hmm. I use man in like gender inclusive, Mm -hmm. man and women, right? Mm -hmm. Created equally, right? To steward creation, Mm -hmm. to to be to have dominion over creation. And I think that term even, I have to use that term loosely because when people think of dominion yeah. or dominance, they think like trampling. Yeah, that's right? what I thought of. Right? You think about trampling and like over, over uh, throwing it or using things for your own gain. Yeah. Um, mismanaging things. or just kind of being willy-nilly about mm-hmm. whatever you own. Mm-hmm. But people don't think that way when it comes to their property, your house. It's your dominion. Yeah. It's your property. But you'd be a fool to not take care of your house. Yeah. You'd be a fool to not be a steward of what you have and to make sure um, that your grass is cut. I mean, there's people who live like that. Yeah. I mean, we know that, but they're the worst of that example. Oh my God. But most people <laughs> want to own something. And when you own something, you care for it more. Yeah. It's, it's the old, it's age old um, logic of like when, so when my dad had a car, um, his car, he had a Mercedes Benz at one point and I just, I was like, man, you're in love with this car. Like, why do you care about this car so much? Like, mm-hmm. just let me use it and stuff like that. He's like, you don't understand, Fifi. He's like, you don't understand. When you work for something, you care for it. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I just want to go out with my friends. Just let me go, you mm-hmm. know? Like, and he's like, no. And so, and then I owned my car. Yeah. <laughs> and that understanding of ownership and stewardship started coming to the forefront. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, when you actually work for something, you take care of it. Yeah. Right. And I think this is why I'm saddened by that question, because I think people have misunderstand the attitudes of Christians. Mm-hmm. When a Christian says that, like, we're not um, that the heaven and we're, God has a greater world for us. They don't say that as a term to jettison this world. Yeah. Right. That's not the idea. It shouldn't be. At least you shouldn't hear that. Mm-hmm. In fact, Christians are stewards. Christians should be the ones that care about recycling mm-hmm. christians should care uh, should, should be the one that who care about dispose how we dispose of our trash mm-hmm. christians should should be the ones that care about waste mm-hmm. you know what we admit into the air and stuff and, and those things right that should be the care of christians but i want to go so far to say that christians are not the only people responsible for taking care of the world so for when sure. you see so when and by that i mean like there's a common grace so common grace the bible talks about saving grace and common grace so saving grace is when it's specific. It's like, I've come to know Jesus as my Lord and personal Savior. So that's saving grace. I, I know the Lord in an intimate, relational way. Mm-hmm. Um, 
common grace is the it's the kind of grace that everyone benefits from, whether you're a Christian or not. So that's what the the, the Bible will say that God sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. So God's gonna send that rain on the wicked farmer's land and on the righteous farmer's land. And they're both gonna grow crops. Yeah. That's common grace. They're both benefiting. Yeah. One of the things that I think common grace does for human beings is that people that don't believe in God, because they're they have the common grace of God upon their lives, they can exhibit great measures of care for the world. And that's coming from God. So if you see like, um, you know, societies or even like forums or, 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 or groups that come together to care for the environment, that's ultimately an expression of God's, what God commanded man to do, mm-hmm. to care for the world. Mm-hmm. It might not be coming from the church, mm-hmm. but it's coming from image bearers of God. They're exhibiting what God actually intended them to do, mm-hmm. right? And I think what God ultimately wanted was that, that we would all be united in these efforts, Right. But we find that not everybody's united. We, some people want to do this and some people want to do that. And that's also, that lends to the freedom that God gives, you know, creation or whatever. So I think what can happen is that I think what, what Christians get into is that sometimes they're like, because they know about idolatry. So idolatry is the worship of created things, Mm -hmm. like worshiping somebody like a person or created things. So worshiping a tree, worshiping a river, that's the Bible like condemns that. We don't worship those things. We care for it. We enjoy it. So the water's there for me to enjoy. The water's there for me to look at. But it's not there for me to worship. And so I think Christians, they get into this pendulum swing of carelessness where they don't care. I just want to get to heaven. Yeah. Or they or they can they they kind of they can go the other way where it's like I care too much and I start to worship it. That's what human beings can get to. Where God has put us in a, a we're supposed to be in the middle for for better like for lack of a better illustration. Um, I'm not sure, I'm, there's, there's no middle, but we're supposed to be in a place, in a space where we care for the world, we care for each other, we, we're stewards of what God has given us, but we don't worship it. We only worship God, mm-hmm. who gave us these things to enjoy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that, 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 that makes that, sense. That makes sense, yeah. yeah. Well, I see that we are approaching hours, so I wanted to ask one last question. Um, so the this question um, is just based off of... Um, some of the values that are very present in African religions and then by extension, African culture. Mm -hmm. Um, So African spiritual traditions heavily emphasize three things. So bonds of kinship, communitarianism and vitalism. So the emphasis on kinship is what motivates people to talk to their ancestors. Mm -hmm. Um, And, 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 and the idea of the family line is so present in, um, in, in African culture. Um, the emphasis on communitarianism motivates people to do right or good by others mm-hmm. because of the idea. I was talking to you about this yesterday of Ubuntu. I am because we are. That's mm-hmm. that's this idea of communitarianism. The village mentality. Yeah. And um, the emphasis on vitalism or vitalism motivates people to be consciously aware of their spirit. Um, vit- vit- vitalism is like th- this idea of like there's a spirit force that um, exists within humans um, or animals that that is like that gives them life basically mm-hmm. um so there's this idea of you know being being consciously aware of your shadow self because although it is invisible it is still powerful and our fates and destinies are shaped by them um so all of these prioritizations of african spirituality are um i think you're gonna argue with with me on this but perhaps maybe less pronounced or at least um, with modern Christianity. Mm -hmm. I think the ideas of especially kinship 
you might come back at me and say everybody's your brother's everybody's your brother and sister in Christ. Um, but the idea of like kinship in terms of like your your nuclear family or your family line and your and you know you know generations of 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 your people, right? Um, and this idea of communitarianism as well, where you are so conscious of how your actions, you know, influence your neighbor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think that they are less pronounced in, I can say for sure, Western culture. Right. Um, and probably to an extent, Western Christianity. Um, that's my opinion. Um, so when we're thinking about the next generation of African children that are being raised in Western culture, um, which leans towards, you know, caring heavily about themselves and like this individualistic culture and is more, you know, rational, you know, based. Um, do you think that there are merits to including aspect, these aspects of African spirituality and aspir- African culture in, in their worldview as they're being raised? Those three things that you mentioned are actually not in, uh, in opposition with Christian values. Yeah. They actually enhance. They, so there's there's a quote that says, "When what what you love, if what you love to do is what God is commanding you to do, then it's a happy coincidence." Mm-hmm. And I think those three things, um, when you read the scriptures and you you view Christian history and what God is actually wants from His people, you'll find that they are coincidentally alongside what God calls of us. Mm-hmm. So kingship. Right. Mm -hmm. Looking to the older people and Mm -hmm. uh, remembering them. Mm -hmm. That's very clear in the scriptures. Mm -hmm. Like if you and and it's interesting because God chose Israel to put them as a display, uh, as a light to the world so that we might ultimately believe in Jesus. Right. But the way he did it was through a people group and through how they connected. Mm -hmm. Right. So um, the older people. In Israel, um, the older adults who had seen God work, who had seen the miracles, they were told even whenever something when they crossed the Jordan, when they crossed the the Nile, God would ask them to do specific things. Okay, so put these heaps of rocks here. Yeah. And then when your children um, grow up and they ask you why is this here, you can tell them what God did. Mm-hmm. Remind them mm-hmm. of those things, right? Mm-hmm. And I think God did that specifically um, to help us to recognize that our faith isn't within our time. We are part of a historic faith. Yeah. Right. So there's people who've gone before us, um, who's, who've believed this and this is how they believed. And this is how God worked in their lives. So that when we looked in the past, we can look forward to what God can do with us. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think that kingship is very like, it's, it's, it's evident within the scriptures Mm -hmm. in the sense that we need older people in our lives. Yeah. You know, who can, walk with us who can tell us how God got us got them through what they went through yeah right so and that can be many things like oh trusting God for this or how do you go through relationships how do you you know wade through these difficult things that life brings you yeah and how do you walk with God through it yeah older people can do that for us what if you don't have an older person in your life so that's a good question that's why the church exists Mm -hmm. so um the church is supposed to be it ultimately it doesn't over it doesn't supplant your um, blood family it's it's almost like enhances your 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 relationships like mm-hmm. um in the sense that if i'm an orphan and i become a christian and uh i get involved in a church ideally ideally i should have 
as many fathers as the church has men. Yeah. I should have as many mothers as the church has women. Mm -hmm. And I should have as many siblings and friends as the church has children my age or younger than me. Right. So that's the idea that that's what the church is supposed to be about. Father, uh, men stepping up to be fathers to other people. Mm -hmm. Women want being mothers to, um, you know, orphans and widows. That's actually what the Bible says is pure, pure and undefined religion is this, is that you visit the widows and you care for the orphans. Mm -hmm. So that should be something that church aids that mm -hmm. comes in and takes care of. And if you see that in Christian, you see that in African communities. Yeah. Because when a child is without a, a, a father or a mother, the village comes together, comes together to take, together care, to take of care of it. it. Yes. Right. That's a picture of the church. So this is like a happy coincidence. Yeah. So these things like the Christian ideology and 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 the things that god expects of his people they enmesh well with african traditions yeah a, a, a lot of times and even if you think about um the collectivistic like com the communal aspect of yeah. um of african traditions i think the jewish people are the most collective groups of people that care for each other um and that's because of how god led the nation, yeah. the things he put into practice. So one of the things he put into practice is their festivals. Mm -hmm. What does food do? It brings people around, yeah. right? It's, it builds a community. Yeah. And God did that intentionally, yeah. right? And so if we see that in the scriptures, God has always wanted this for Israel. He always wanted Israel to take care of each other. Look out for your brother, your fellow um, Jewish brother. Um, don't exhort them uh, or, or extort them, not exhort them. You want to exhort them. That's a positive thing. Don't extort them. Don't take advantage of them. Don't treat them lesser than you know some you know somebody else but but look out for them yeah that kind of mentality marries well with the um, um african traditions yeah the communal thinking in the in the sense that your um your success reflects on the community yes and your failures unfortunately reflects yeah. on the community as well this western mentality does not in it, it's not conducive yeah. for this kind of communal thinking because yeah. we, and this is why maybe the West prides itself on its success because everybody thinks about how I can be successful myself, right? Yeah. And then we we almost like admire such people, the yes. Steve Jobs, the people yes. who- Self-made. The self-made individuals. Mm -hmm. We don't admire people who come through community. Yeah. When really that's how God made humans. Yeah. To be within a community and to succeed collectively, Right. Um, yeah. Not individualistic. The last one you said was um, vitalism. Vitalism. I think so. With that one, I'll, I'll make a passing statement on that. I think vitalism. I think we are emanated beautifully as creatures when we're connected to the spirit of God. Mm -hmm. So, God Himself is the most beautiful being, yet He's not seen. He's a spirit, mm -hmm. right? Um, and this is where we 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 wrongfully. Um, judge beauty in our world is that beauty is always estimated by physical appearance, right? Whereas mm -hmm. like you can meet someone who may not be physically attractive, but if they have an inner presence of beauty, yeah, they, they exhibit some aura of like a, a, an attractive spirit and you want to be around them. Yeah. Right. Even though they might not meet the physical attract, yeah. you know, attractive standards or yeah. whatnot. And I think that is a spirit that God intends for us yeah. to be emanated by not some, I don't know, undefined, um, nebulous spirits that we all want to, you know, have or do. Yeah. But I think God created us to be connected to him and his spirit is what needs to emanate us. Yeah. And I agree with that. I think 
the African mentality of being emanated by spirit is an appropriate one. Now it's whether what spirit is emanating you. Yeah. That's that's the question at hand, right? Yeah. And I think the the most beautiful spirit that we should be emanated by is God's spirit. Yeah. Um, because it's 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 inviting. Yeah. You know, and it's not um blinding. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah, no, that's that's such a great point. It reminds me of um what my professor said a couple of weeks ago where he was telling a story about, you know, a Thanksgiving dinner where somebody invited their boyfriend and girlfriend and the per- the person was attractive, but the parents didn't like the person because apparently this, their spirit didn't mm. seem, their spirit wasn't attractive. Right. Their spirit did not match their, um, their physical attraction. So there's also this, like you say, there's this inclination to like be more um, conscious of somebody's spirit in terms of seeing if they're a good fit for your family or just mm-hmm. seeing if you want to interact with them, right? right. It, the, the, the emphasis is on, is on someone's spirit rather than their physical attractiveness. And I think, I think our culture like knows that in, a, in almost like a comedic way. Like, yes. Please don't kill my vibe. Yeah. You know, you don't want someone coming in with a negative spirit yeah. to bring you down and stuff like that. Yeah. Right? Like, so, yeah. but yeah, I hear that. Yeah, no. And, and, and to your, to your point earlier about, you know, how um, these are happy coincidence, coincidences, it's just making me think that perhaps there was God in, in not perhaps, I think God definitely exists in um, historical African traditions. Oh, Absolutely. no doubt. No doubt. And um, to, I think your point about earlier about, you know, letting your children go back and, and giving them the free, the freedom to, um, to explore those, their traditions and their cultures for themselves. I think that they'll probably find, Ultimately, that it's not evil, that um, God probably exists in these religions in ways that um, are that might be clouded by this label of evil um, that we put on African religions and culture um, because of colonialism and all of the isms that have, you know, labeled equated blackness to evil and something that we should stay away from. Um, So I think that. you know, ultimately we'll find God and Christianity in traditional religions, religions from the past. Um, Cause there will be happy coincidences where these things line up mm-hmm. and we see, and we'll see that we're more on the same page than we're not. Um, so that's all that I have for you today. Thank you for um, joining me, Fifi. You are welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Bye. <laughs>